there's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Before we begin today's podcast, uh, we obviously want to take a moment to send our condolences to the family of Jimmy Hayes, who passed away yesterday. He's survived by his wife and two very young sons. And Jimmy, of course, is the older brother of Kevin Hayes. And while we personally don't pretend to know Jimmy well through conversations with Kevin about his hockey journey and more importantly, just his life in general, it's incredibly evident what an impact his brother Jimmy had on his life. And through the outpouring of support since yesterday, it's clear that the impact stretches to many corners of the hockey community. Again, our condolences to the entire Hayes family at this incredibly difficult time. Hello, everyone. You are listening to the latest Flyers Talk podcast presented by Great Railing. I am Jordan Hall, and as always, I am joined by the wonderful Taryn Hatcher and the dynamic Joe Fordyce. We are going to continue our lineup series. We've already predicted the top six forwards, the bottom six forwards for the Flyers. You can check out those previous episodes. In today's episode, we are going to start looking at the defensive pairs, We will do all three, and we will predict a sleeper for each one. So let's get right into it. Taryn Hatcher, I will start with you. Who is your top pair defense for the Flyers? And give us a sleeper. I have a feeling who you're going to pick. I think we're all going to have the same, but go ahead. Um, I think, obviously, most people's top D pair this year, and it should be uh, Ryan Ellis and Ivan Bogrov. I mean, there's just – I don't think there's anywhere else Proby – would go uh, first of all and second of all they i think brought in ellis to, to be there really um i know i don't know that it's been acknowledged that that's like set in stone but that's really why he's here uh and i think it'll be interesting to see i'm obviously placed so much better when there's another bona fide top pair kind of guy next to him um it's pretty obvious with Matt Niskanen as well. So it'll be fun to see Ivan be able to get back to, I think just focusing on his game because where he struggles is when he tries to take on too much because he physically can handle a lot. Um, so hopefully that will alleviate some of the pressure on Provorov. I think my sleeper, I really don't want there to be a sleeper. I want this to be set. I want the Flyers D pairs to be set all the way down. That works so much better for them. And I've talked to my deal about it. And he's just like, that's the ideal situation. So ideally there would be no sleeper. Um, I don't know, maybe Sandheim. Maybe Sandheim takes a massive jump or something. That would be great. The Flyers, I think, would love to see him be like a competitive for top D pair type of guy. But um, ideally, I, I don't even really want a sleeper. I just want it to be those two. I think the top pair is the toughest to pick a sleeper. We're almost forcing that a little bit because uh, in a perfect world, the Flyers want Ryan Ellis, Ivan Provrov, uh, Provrov on the left, Ellis on the right, and they want that to be set in stone. Uh, so that's a tough one. Good pick, Taryn. Joe Flores, what are you thinking? Anything different than Taryn? I know it's difficult, but get into your first pair. 
Yeah, so uh, just in general, I, I, I agree with you that it's the toughest to pick a sleeper, but to me, the way the Flyers' defensive lineup looks, I feel like all this should be set in stone. I, I, I mean, I feel like this is very clear cut from the top to bottom. Of course, I'm going to go with Ellison Provrov as the top pair. I'm going to name a sleeper as uh, Rasmus Ristolainen because if he – if he comes to Philadelphia and realizes the potential that made him a former first round pick and the idea that maybe, you know, we've talked about it a lot, that maybe he wasn't able to have his full sort of like arsenal or repertoire on display because it was Buffalo. And, you know, they're generally have been a bottom dwelling team and definitely during his career. So, um, I would view him as a sleeper. And the other thing I will say, too, when you look at the power play, I think you could move, potentially split up Ellis and Provorov and deepen that power play a little bit. But I'm going to go – I'm going to save my power play conversation for a little later down the lineup because I have a definite idea of what I'd like to see from the power play. But, again, you know, Ellis and Provorov is the obvious top pair. And – the sleeper, like you said, we're kind of forcing it, but I'm definitely I'm going to say Ristolainen because I think we I think we've already seen the best and worst of Travis Sanheim. The and I don't know that the best makes him a top pair defenseman. I, I think he's ideally that second, you know, a second pair defenseman. So and I, I don't think I don't think either Braun or Yandel could crack the top on even strength. Defense pairs. I don't think either of them could top the crack pairs. Uh, the crack the top pair. So I'm gonna say uh, uh, Ristolainen for my sleeper. I like that, Joe. Uh, yeah, I'm going no different than you and Taryn. Uh, I think it has to be Ryan Ellis and Ivan Provorov. Ryan Ellis was brought in um, to be the Matt Niskanen. Let's let's be point blank there. Uh, he was brought in to fill that huge void that the Flyers had all of last season. Um, the big boy that really derailed their year in many ways. And uh, he needs to be the top pair guy that gets the best out of Ivan Provorov and the guy that kind of settles things down uh, up top for the Flyers on their defensive pairs. He plays power play. He kills penalties. He plays big minutes. Um, I think the big question will be, uh, can he stay healthy? And can he be, a, you know, the top pair guy, maybe even the number one guy for the Flyers? I know Ivan Provorov is kind of their de facto number one guy, but, uh, Matt Niskin, I think his responsibilities, he was just as important as Ivan Provrov in 2019-20, I think you can argue. So Ryan Ellis played with some good defensemen last season. He played with Roman Yossi. He played with Matthias Ekholm. So I think the Flyers really want him to take even a step up and say, be our guy, lead our way. So he is my guy uh, next to Ivan Provrov. And my sleeper would also be Rasmus Ristolainen, simply because he's played big minutes in Buffalo. He's played top pair minutes. Actually, over the last five seasons, he has actually played more minutes per game than Ivan Provorov. I think that tells you how uh, how much instability they had in, bu in Buffalo. But he has played big minutes before. Maybe he blows them away, climbs up next to Ivan Provorov, and maybe the Flyers look for a little more balance. Maybe they want to get Ryan Ellis with Sanheim to maybe give him a little bit more experience, a little more um, – a guy with a little more, uh, I don't know, maybe soothing presence or calming presence next to Sanheim. So – Maybe that soothing. Happened. Soothing. Maybe he can be the soothing guy next to Travis Santa. 
Just whispers sweet nothings in his ears in between the plays. You got this, bud. I believe in you. You can do this. Well, uh, Jordan, I'll say I would say Ristolainen. You know, another big reason that he could be a sleeper for the top pair is physicality. If yeah. the Flyers are trying to send a message, I mean, I'm not saying Provorov and Ellis shy away from physical play, but it's certainly not the top of their. You know, when you're looking at those two players' resume, physicality is not one of the first two lines on the resume, yeah. and I think Ristolainen could do that. And you know on a night where you're playing a bruising sort of team, like a team like the Islanders, maybe you're trying to send a message and you, you play Ristolainen on that top pair because of his physicality. Yeah. And what was the big thing I think with Matt Niskanen was that it permitted Ivan Provrov to freelance a little bit more, not play as safe, um, not have as much pressure on his shoulders. Maybe Ristolainen can offer that to Provrov in terms of, yeah, his physicality and, and being just that guy that's going to make uh, – make the Flyers a nightmare to play against in their top pair. Can I, can I just add another Ryan Ellis point that I wanted to point out? I don't think I was on the podcast right after his first press conference. Uh, or I, Yeah, I'm not sure if I was, but um, Ryan. You were on some beach in Hawaii somewhere, right? <laughs> yeah, no, I was, I was here. I remember watching it here because what a press conference it was. Um, but I'll say this, and this is so such a stupid aside, but because we haven't even met the guy in person, but his disinterest and overall just like indifference to kind of the media and the whole situation of it all in that in that press conference very much reminded me of like when we first met Matt Niskanen and we're like, yeah, like let's get all these kind of personality questions out there. And he's just like, I really just want to play hockey and like do a yeah. job. And, and like it was very similar. And I was like, this could be great. This could be really great for Ivan Provorov if this is the same situation. Um, but yeah, again, just a stupid aside. But I remember thinking like this is oddly reminiscent of the first time that Matt Niskanen was like popped into a press conference with a bunch of us. And he was just like, I'm a hockey player and I'm just doing this because I'm obligated. to." <laughs> so, and like, and a week sorry. later, the, and a week later we had the polar opposite with Cam Atkinson wearing his wife's gritty t-shirt. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it was, it was incredibly, play. it was incredibly similar to when they brought in Matt Niskanen and Kevin Hayes and then the Ryan Ellis interview and the Cam Atkinson interview, it was like, Oh wow, it's like deja vu all over again, except for there's like a foot of a difference, or like not a foot, like six inch difference between Cam and Kevin, because Kevin's a giant. So <laughs> just dumb, but interesting. No, that's actually a really good observation, Taryn. Uh, I, I like to me they they remind me too of, in the same way that they were both shocked. Like they both went from teams that they spent a long time with, they had won with. Obviously, Nashville had won a cup, but Ryan Ellis had been there for ten years. He had just signed a, like a seven-year deal. I think he's got six more years left on that deal, I believe, or maybe five. I got to double check, but they were both shocked and then starting to kind of slowly but surely embrace like, okay, new challenge flyers. So, yeah, it is eerily similar to the Matt Niskanen uh, situation. I think Matt Niskanen, and for what it's worth, I think Matt Niskanen did love how much Philly loved hockey. Matt yeah. Niskanen hated the bubble. Matt Niskanen, when you would get to talk to him about fans, like I remember when we were first talking about fans maybe not being in the building, like right before the COVID shutdown happened, Matt was really like, it's going to be a massive loss if they're not here. Like Philly people love hockey. They know hockey. They watch you shift by shift. They're on you if you don't, you know, and that's, that's something that these players appreciate because 
the opposite of love is indifference. And I think he, he enjoyed how much Philly cared about hockey. That's a misconception when I, when people talk about his retirement, Matt hated the bubble from my understanding. We, a lot of us still haven't talked to him, but I have it on very good authority. That situation and that idea of potentially being separated from your kids in, in a hotel and doing all that again, I think was not, was not really part of the, the bargain for someone who had already, you know, hoisted the cup and had a, a pretty good career and doesn't really care about wealth and fame and any of that stuff. So I, I think Ellis will come to enjoy Philly because a lot of people who've come here have. So it should be interesting. Absolutely. Flyers Talk is brought to you by Great Railing. Stop into Great Railing for the highest quality and lowest prices on all your railing, decking, and fencing needs. All right, well, let's get into the second pair defense. Taryn Hatcher, who is it for you? Well, guys, wouldn't you guess? Krasis is for Linen and Travis Sandheim. Um, <clears throat> I think that's it's kind of assumed. I think all three D pairs are kind of assumed. Um, I am excited to see what Ristolainen can do. I know both of you had him as your sleeper and I did not. That's mainly just because I, just the, the Buffalo of it all, honestly, like the devil I know better than the one that I don't. And I, I feel like Travis Sandheim does have upside. I, I more so would like to see um, Travis play alongside. It seems like Travis has been in that pair with Phil Myers, where at times it gets volatile, like one kind of has a defensive responsibility slip and it reverberates onto the other one. And it, it, the two of them were very good when they're very good, but it's almost like that, like toxic relationship of the highs are highs, the lows are lows. And I think a lot of times the, the two of them, you thought this is either really going to work or in this game, it's really not going to work. And so I would like to see Rasmus Ristolainen or, or maybe Travis for Rasmus Ristolainen become more of like the, the Niskanen Ellis steady stability of it all. That's what I would like to see my sleeper here. And I'm going to go a little bit left. I think I'm going to go with Cam York. I would love to see Cam York get up and get some decent um, deep pair time. I would like to see his athleticism alongside of like a Sandheim maybe at some point. Um, you know, I'm not sure what the situation would be that that would be the case, honestly, because they've got six really strong uh, defensemen kind of through all three D pairs. But I would like to see it's another one of those things where it's not the Morgan Frost situation. I don't think he, he needs to be in certain places type of a deal. But I would just like to see he's a young kid um, who's got a lot of energy, a lot of athleticism, a lot to his game. And I would like to see him alongside like a Sandheim who's got a ton of natural athleticism. I think it would be fun to see what they could do. But um, yeah, that's, I'm also just trying to mix it up here, but I think Cam York would be my sleeper at the second deep pair. No, I love that. I, I hope Cam York is pushing to be the next man up. Uh, we know injuries happen in hockey. I hope he's pushing and ready to be that, like that seventh guy maybe, where if an injury happens, they're excited to put Cam York in the line. That would be really fun. Joe, Joe Fordyce, how about you, second deep pair? Um. So, Tyron, I'll say it's not as different as you think because Cam York is also my sleeper for the second okay, line. Okay, For the second D pair. And the I was worried people were going to think I was a nut job, so that makes you feel better. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say the re my reason for this is, and I'll start with my sleeper, is because I don't feel like either Justin Braun or Keith Yandel are candidates 
to play higher in the lineup. So if York is going to come into the lineup, I don't think he's coming into the third pair. So um, because, I mean, Braun and Yandel at this stage in their career, I, I just don't see Braun moving up unless it's completely necessary. And for Yandel, I don't know that there's enough defense there for him to move up. Um, I, I think we would all agree that Yandel's being brought here and, and the reasons are not for his play in his own end. Um, he hasn't played for a team because of his play in his own end in a long time. So uh, Cam York's going to be my sleeper and my pair is the same as Perrin. Uh, that's going to be Sandheim and Ristolainen. And I'm going to make the same point about Sandheim that I've made several times on this podcast. It's time for the young player stuff to go out the window with him. And he has to, he has to put his stamp on that second pair. That has to be his pair. And that's where he belongs. And it's got to be this season. It really does. This is a huge year. He just got his, his, um, you know, he, his arbitration deal. He, he's, he has to prove it to this team that he's the second pair defenseman and kind of the guy that takes the reins on that second pair. And He's got a lot of experience in this league. So the idea that, you know, he's a young player, he has time, he's going to get better, he's going to do this and he's going to do that. I think all that stuff has to go out the window. And when I say it has to go out the window, I don't just mean a narrative amongst the fans and media. I think the team has to take that narrative and get it out of, get it out of the window. You know, like, look at the defense. He is the longest tenured. uh, Well, I guess he and Provra would be the longest tenured defenseman on the team so like the the young player stuff's not going to work it's just not going to work and um i think this is the year for him to to make his mark on that second pair take ownership of it and you know and and show the flyers what he can do and we need a lot more of the best of sandheim and a lot less of the worst uh and when i say worst i mean you know minus six at the garden or two seasons ago when it seemed like he fell down every time, you know, remember he went through that spell early in the season, two years ago, where it seemed like every time he had to, to, to a forward was, you know, bearing down on him, he, he would end up wiping out. And, you know, that kind of stuff needs to, yeah, once in a while it's going to happen to every player, no matter how good they are. Um, but that, that stuff needs to be out of his game and he needs to be the sec guy on the second pair. Yeah, such a huge year for not only him personally, but obviously for him in his Flyers future too. Like, can he show the Flyers he is firmly a part of this future? Uh, because his, his deal, his new deal is obviously only two years. He was on a bridge contract before that for two years. Um, by the end of this two-year contract, you know, the, they, the Flyers will have a better read on him. And it'll be a big year for him because he's going to be up for a new deal in his, like, 27-year-old stage. And uh, he – Either he's going to be with the Flyers and they're going to think he's a part of this future, or maybe they're ready to say, hey, we're, we're, we're going to give our younger kids a better chance here. So, yeah, really a big time for Travis Sanheim, uh, without a doubt, to really show his game. And they brought in experience for him, a lot of experience to maybe put a little less on his plate and allow him to get more comfortable. So he's got to show uh, that the time is now for him to kind of carve out his role and, and make it who he is. Um, yeah, I, I'm no different in my second pair. I, Travis Sanheim and Rasmus Stalinen. Uh, I am different in my sleeper. I'm going to go Justin Braun because I do think Justin Braun can play higher in the lineup still. Uh, I mean, heck, he was their top pair guy for a lot of last year. A lot of that was out of necessity, as we all know. 
but he was a top pair guy with Provorov. He might have been their most consistent guy in terms of actually playing defense and preventing goals. Um, and he has played with Travis Sanheim in the past. So maybe Rasmus Ristolainen does not pan out, or maybe he starts slowly or rock or has a rocky start to his Flyers career. Maybe they bump him down to the third pair and say, hey, play less, um, play next to Keith Yandel, an experienced offensive guy. And maybe they get Justin Braun back in a familiar spot with Travis Sanheim, a pair that's played together. They know each other. So I wouldn't rule that out. For me, I, th I think Justin Braun could play second pair next to Travis Sanheim. He's my sleeper. Not a young kid, obviously an older sleeper, but um, I wouldn't rule that out. All right, so we'll shift gears to the third pair. It sounds like we're all going to have the same, but I think we'll have different sleepers, so that'll be fun. Taryn Hatcher, who is your third defensive pair? Uh, well, out of, you know, just process of elimination, it becomes <laughs> Justin Braun and Keith Yandel. Um, I just think the Flyers probably want those top four to develop together too, so it just kind of makes sense to try to preserve keeping those two together as much as possible because I'm sure Chuck Fletcher and Elaine Vigneault are looking toward the four to their – toward the future as much as they are right now. Um, and having, you know, like Rasmus or Stalinen and Travis Sandheim develop together would be a good, a bed, a better, I almost said a gooder, a better long-term play. And I'm sure they want Ryan Ellis and Ivan Provrock to become a comfortable top, top D pair together. Um, my sleeper, and it's weird because he's still listed as a forward if you go on like hockey reference and stuff is Sam Moran. I would love Sam Moran to make it. I would love Sam Moran to have an NHL career. Nobody works harder. No one deserves it more. You can see it in the Cam Atkinson video. He's at Flyers training facility working out like the kid is just it's so not overplayed when people talk about his attitude, his personality, how positive he's remained, how hard he works, how brutally honest he is about how difficult it's been on him. Like he is genuinely one of these people who you meet and you pull for him because as much as it's defined his career, it very much does not define his outlook on the potential of his future. He still is, you know, incredibly optimistic and works for it. It's, it's not like, you know, this is a guy who's just trying to get by and get contracts and put money in the bank. Like he, he really wants it. I think he really, I don't even think he thinks of it. Like, I really don't want to be a bust. I think he really thinks of it as if, you know, I want to do this. This makes me happy. And even through all the hardship, it's still, it's makes me happy. And I want to, I want to do it and I want to be with my teammates and yeah, so I'm hoping Sam gets some time. I'm, I'm hoping Sam does well enough to secure a contract for his future. I hope he stays healthy. So probably a little bit of like a, like a heart choice here on the sleeper for me. But if you're not pulling for him, I'm sorry. You're just not, you're not on the right track when it comes to Sam Rand. He just, the kid deserves everything that, you know, he's worked for. So that's my sleeper. That's my third pair. That's what I got. <laughs> uh, I'd like to just follow up on Sam Moran. Uh, a couple things. There's a number of times where I feel like I've been in the practice facility and I see Sam Moran come off the ice and I have this reaction like, Moran's on the ice? I, I thought he just got hurt. Yeah. You know, yeah. like the guy is constantly working. And just, just to be interested in working your way back from the injuries that he's come back from, is a testament to the kind of person he is and the kind of athlete he is and the kind of determination he has. And the other thing I'll say is, you know, he's played as a defenseman. He's been played as a forward. Um, 
he's had his struggles, but you always notice something Sam does in every game he plays. And I'm not talking about like, I'm not making a joke. Like you notice him really, you know, like he made this error as a forward. I'm saying you notice him for a positive reason in every game that he plays in. Um, he's out there. He's trying to make an impact. I recall a game last year. I believe it was the first game he played forward. He went and he took on, I believe it was Brendan Lemieux of the Rangers. And Lemieux got traded right after the game is, is one thing I remember. But he came out there and he tried to send a message. And I think Lemieux had, had laid into one of the flyers earlier in the game. And, and Moran came to his defense. And, you know, he's that kind of guy, a great teammate. And, you know, every, if every team in the league had a little more Sam Moran, they'd be better off. Um, and, you know, it, it's, I, I, like I said, all of this stuff is a testament to who that guy is. So, again, as Terrence said, if you're not pulling for him, um, there's something wrong with you, quite frankly. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, I couldn't echo you guys more. Um, and I don't think he gets enough credit for what he went through at the start of last season of transitioning to be a forward. Um, he's working his butt off all offseason to be a winger, 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 winger. He, sh he gets some games at winger, and then suddenly he's needed on defense, and he actually gets in there and plays well, remembers how to play his old position, um, and, like, scores his first NHL goal. Yeah, scores his first NHL goal. a game winner. A game winner, turn. It was a 1-1 game against the Rangers, I believe. I and thought I was going to cry. Yeah. That was a big game. The Flyers were still hanging on to hopes. Um, I believe they had just gotten rocked the night before. I think it was an 8-3 loss. It was a big game, and it came through and, uh, you know, kept himself in the lineup at the position he should have been in. Um, I, kudos to the kid. I, that, that, again, a testament to what he's been through and worked hard. So. And, like, when you talk to some of these guys, and it's, it was a little different last year because it was through Zoom, and they never know when you're recording versus when you're not and whatever. But Sam's one of these people where when you have side conversations with him, like, hey, this is off the record, like, just for context kind of a thing, which, you know, a lot of us reporters do because we don't want to misrepresent stories, even if guys aren't comfortable going on the records about certain things. Um, Sam's one of those people who, like, off the record is even more, like, positive and excited about stuff than he is on the record. So it's like, Sam, honestly, like, how do you feel about tackling this whole thing? And I didn't talk to Sam about it. I remember talking to one of the coaches about it, and I'm not going to say who. But um, I remember talking to one of the coaches about it. I'm like, well, how do you really think? And he was just like, when I tell you, like, the kid doesn't complain. Like, it's just, I'm going to figure it out. This is going to be great. This is an opportunity. Like, I'm happy to have the opportunity. Like, genuinely, all the time. And that's not always how it goes. Sometimes it's like cameras down, red light turns off, and it flips a switch, and it's a different person. And Oh, I just, I really pull for him. Even though he's still, I don't know why that would be, but he is still listed as a forward on, on a lot of places. And I'm like, please change that because this, he needs to be playing. He, yeah, no. he's simply defensive now. I think the Flyers have said that. Obviously, I think Samuel Moran admitted that to us. He's like, yeah, Chuck told me I am a defenseman. Yeah, they got to get that changed because he is not a winger anymore. And uh, that's a good thing. So, J Joe, who are, who are you looking at uh, for your third D pair? Is yes. Sam Moran your sleeper? So it's Yandel and Braun. Uh, Sam Moran is not my sleeper. Um, I, I, there's a couple things I want to say about this third pair, and, and it kind of goes back to when I was talking about the forwards, and I thinking JVR 
as the third line, one of the third line wingers, but first power play. Yeah. Yandel, Keith Yandel is to me, even strength, he's a third pair defenseman. But I think he is a sleeper to be a no, the number one defenseman on the power play okay. because of his offensive skills. Yeah. Um, and I don't, even, I don't think it's a far fetch. Like it might not even be a sleeper is what I'm saying because his, he's there for one reason. That's the reason. It's to quarterback a power play. Yeah. And he's in his mid-30s. Um, and I could see if the power play struggles, you know, him being moved up there to, ju- to, be, to, to jumpstart the power play. Um, I don't see him playing any higher in the lineup in even, at even strength. Um, so my third pair is that with the caveat about Yandel playing on, potentially on the top power play. Um, but I do think Yandel's the second power play quarterback. He has to be. Yeah. Um, or else why would you bring him here? So, um, to me, that's, that's my two things about Yandel third pair higher up on the power play with the potential of being the top power play quarterback. And my sleeper is going to be Igor Zamula, a uh, little cup of coffee last year. And I think if he, a player like him with limited experience, if he's going to break in, it's going to be on that third pair where there's not a lot of pressure on him. Um, I feel like Cam York's game is more polished and he'd easily slide into a, an upper pair, uh, uh, ideally second pair, as we talked about. Yeah. Um, but Zamula to me needs to be put in a spot where he doesn't have a ton of pressure on him in terms of minutes. Um, and I think that would be the third pair. And unfortunately, I feel like that only happens if there's injuries, but it seems like those are inevitable. Um, and I feel like Zamula would be the, the sleeper candidate for that third pair. Um, so that would, that's what I would go with. Yeah, the, the Keith Yandel on the top power play, and I like that, Joe. I think it would be a good way to allocate minutes, too. You, you have to think Ryan Ellis and Provorov are going to be playing so many minutes. Um, Keith Yandel, like you said, is a third pair guy that's not going to be really in there for his defense as much as his offense put him up on the top power play unit, or maybe if, yeah, it's struggling, you get a guy that's been there, done that on power plays, uh, a good way to spread and balance minutes. So I like that. Um, Joe, I am mirroring your selections. I have Igor Zamola as my sleeper as well. Um, and I also have Justin Braun, Keith Yandel. If they're a pair, it sounds like we all had the same thing. I think it would be really difficult to not have these pairs or at least not have these six. I mean, you have a guy, Keith Yandel, he's chasing an NHL record for consecutive games played. Uh, and he's, in many ways, kind of viewed as your fifth or sixth defenseman. Like, none of these guys are going to sit. I would be very surprised if none no, of these No, and Keith, a guy like Yandel is not going to come here if he's not going to continue that consecutive right. game streak. So he's right. obviously been given assurances that he's playing. Yeah, so to get a Cam York or a Sam Moran or a Igor Zamula in the lineup, I think an injury would have to happen. Um, and we wouldn't wish that upon anyone, but injuries do happen. So I think these kids will be waiting in the wings for sure. Uh, and, yes, Igor Zamula is my sleeper. I, um, he's actually, he actually played the most professional hockey games last year among the three in terms of Samuel Moran, um, Cam York, and, uh, and obviously Zamula. Um, so I would say Zamula is my sleeper. I think he's, I think he's Did he really, I would, you know what, how did I double check? Let me see how many games Samuel Moran actually played. I forgot I Samuel Moran actually Sam got. Sam played three. Sam played, I don't know how many Sam played. 
I, I, that's, I believe you. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. When you said that, I was like, is that true? Could it be? You know what's funny? But, but, when you say, but when you say professional, do you, are you talking including like minor league games? Yes. Okay, okay. Oh, gotcha. Like, I, I'm actually not positive. You know what's funny? They, so I'm glad Tara mentioned that because if I forgot that Moran actually had a, a handful of games down in Lehigh. So in terms of pro games, Lehigh and Flyers both had 27. So Zamula had 27. So did Samuel Moran. He had 20 with the Flyers, seven with Lehigh. Zamula, obviously, a cup of coffee, two with the Flyers, 25 and that. So actually the same number. Thank you, Taryn, for, for finding that. For I didn't, I didn't, I genuinely, I wasn't calling you out. I didn't know. No, no. I was kind of surprised. I was just like, wait, what? Well, you but... noticed, I'm starting to hesitate. As I said that, I'm like, wait, like Moran did play pro games with Lehigh too. So I had to count that and I did not. Um, so same amount of experience uh, in terms of pro hockey last year, but um, yeah, true sleeper will be Zamula because I think he's a little bit forgotten sometimes with Cam York and Samuel Moran, obviously looking like they're waiting in the wings. And I think he's well-groomed. The organization has been really high on him. They obviously took him into the bubble um, during the 2020 playoffs because they were that high on him. Uh, and I think he would fit in well. I think when he got that cup of coffee, um, he blended in. He fit in well. He looked like uh, he fit the pro bill and uh, does a lot of good things. Smart passer, uh, very fluid, smooth guy. So he would be my sleeper. I, I wouldn't rule him out playing games this year at some point uh, for the Flyers. It, it should be like, I don't even want to start thinking about this, but I, based on last year, I know at some point we're going to have to acknowledge it as the potential truth. Having this conversation where each of us have like three different sleepers, genuinely speaking, like it wasn't like we discussed this beforehand. We no. definitely did not. Um, when you think about the way last year would impact the lineup COVID wise, like if there was ever any kind of small outbreak of anything, you sit here this year, when we talk about how many sleepers there are at so many different positions on the team, it makes you feel a little bit like, all right, this, you know, knock on wood, given a really crappy situation, there's potential not to be completely depleted. Um, which I think right now every team is wishing they had because we saw, I mean, to so many teams across the NHL where it's just like, I think that the devils at one point had like 19 guys impacted, you know? So again, knock on wood and you don't even really want to say it out loud and think about it. But at some point it is like a reality that we probably have to discuss. It makes you, feel better about the number of sleepers the flyers have because you want to give guys like full opportunity to get healthy and feel good again. Um, you know, should a really crappy situation unfold. So yeah. No, it's hard to bring it up, but yeah, the world we live in where depth is even more important because it's almost outside of like bumps and bruises that can come up and uh, hurt and hurt your team. Uh, so you need depth. And I think it's exciting that, and I believe the Flyers probably internally really love their D picture now. Uh, it went from obviously looking decimated and very short on depth to it's revamped. And then you have two of your top prospects. Like Cam York is arguably the club's top prospect in the system. You could probably argue Morgan Frost is there. And then Igor Zamul is probably a top three prospect. And so those are two, two, uh, two of your top three prospects, like waiting in the wings, like for opportunity. So that, that's pretty exciting. I think the fans should be excited about that too, that, um, you know, those are the two guys that are your depth guys along with Samuel Moran, who's a fun player to, to see in the lineup because of 
his want to step up for people, physicality, all that fun stuff. So yeah, and Jordan, but just to echo like Taryn brought up early in the podcast, and I and I said as well, it feels like this whole defense core should be set almost in stone. Yeah. So any for anything to change would almost seem like a sleeper. Yeah. Yeah, like these are true sleepers. I think the guys that were picking move up lineup to maybe get into the lineup, like they are true sleepers. It's not like the forward position where I think there's a little more open competition. I think we would all agree with that. Yeah. Um, and that's a good thing too. But uh, it's good that the Flyers have, I think, something set in stone. That's exciting um, because they just – I mean, like Justin Braun is a third-pair guy right now. He was a top-pair guy for a good chunk of last season. Like that's kind of scary to think about. Um, it's more comforting, I think, for Flyers fans that – he is back down the line and maybe playing where he should be at, at his age and, and with his abilities. Yeah, but, it's, it's ideally, I mean, and I know I said this before too, as much as you want young guys to feel like there's a place they can break into and you want them to work for it. And I'm sure they will anyway, because every single player wants to be a part of the big club ideally. And they, they attribute it as one of their strengths in 2019, 2020, ideally you want to know night in, night out, these are the guys, they have this kind of chemistry. These two play this way together. These two play that way together, blah, blah, blah. Because otherwise you're constantly adjusting to individual players and those individual players are constantly adjusting to each other. It's a recipe for, for disaster. And they should be able to do it. Ideally, when you talk about pros, they should be able to do everything and blah, 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 yada, yada. But the reality of the situation is it's a lot easier. And this comes from the coaching staff. This isn't me like sitting here talking just out of you know my butt, but it helped the coaching staff has said before it, it helps even the forward groups defensively when they know this guy has this tendencies. And when he plays with this person, these two have these tendencies and it helps those two people when they know each other's tendencies. And that was something they were really lacking last year. And I think it showed in a lot of ways, a lot of times they would get stretched out really easily. If people weren't where you thought they would be, there'd be miscommunications quite a bit because you're constantly adjusting to a new person. So Again, while you, you want the young guys to feel like there's something to work toward, you want to dangle a carrot in front of them, ideally this is you, – you want it locked in too. So. Amen to that. Yeah, really. And uh, it's looking like they could have three new defensive pairs going into next season. Um, I think that shows you how much they really revamp their, uh, their defensive group. So a lot of competition, a lot of fun stuff to talk about. Um, it was great talking about the forwards. It was really fun talking about the defense. We'll get into goalies next time, too. Obviously, I think we know who is the one and two, but we will certainly talk goalies. So we'll go through the whole lineup. But Taryn Hatcher and Joe Fordyce, thank you so much, as always. A special thank you to Steve Graham, our do-it-all video producer, chipping in here with Flyers Talk. And Flyers fans, as always, thank you for listening to the latest Flyers Talk podcast presented by Great Railing. Wherever you get your podcast, please rate and listen, and we cannot wait to talk to you next time. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret, like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.